There he is. Chrissy V, everybody. Welcome to the show. Fantasy Empire. With Chris Vaccaro and his rundown. And I'm just here to uh, facilitate it. Boom. I love so, our intro. Love our intro, yeah. don't you? Yeah. Why don't you shout out the guy who made it for you? Matt Kelly. Excellent job. I don't think Matt made it. <laughs> Keep guessing. Are we talking, <laughs> talking uh, Jay Z? Biggie Smalls? Chris doesn't. Chris doesn't know any of the names of the people who help Biggie. us out with the show. Um, listen. Anyway, uh, we anyway. got a great show today. Chris texted me seventeen words. As opposed, as opposed to the other ones, Nando, that aren't a great show. Is Every show is a great show. We have a great show today, but last week sucked. So. We're trying oh, last to week was one of our best. Actually, you say that every time the show's over. I think that was one of our best shows. Yeah, you should constantly be improving. Be like, you're right, and we're gonna bring the uh, and we're gonna bring the goods today, Nando. So, how was your week seven, buddy? Like your background, constantly improving. The walls get beiger every week. Yeah. Okay. You're so uh, observant. <laughs> <laughs> Everything was great. Actually, I had I had one of those weeks where it was like, oh, I've loved Deontay Foreman forever, and I love. Daryl Henderson. Uh, well, we made it. We made it a minute and a half into the show. You asked. We made it a minute into the show. I was going to save it, but let's just get right to it. It's no, I didn't want to bring them up. Appreciation Day here on the Fantasy Empire. We have to give Nando his roses. Let him feel all loved and appreciated that he's been. Dante Foreman's been his guy now for six years, and uh, he comes off of a monstrous week. And I got to be honest, Nando. I picked your boy up in the last uh, week or two uh, when Khalil Herbert went down and stashed him. Some weeks, uh, some leagues, I had to pay up even more last week. But, man, those 33 points felt pretty damn good in my lineup in some big leagues this past week. So I thought about you all Sunday. And uh, you do that anyway. Dante Foreman Appreciation Day. Well, here's the thing. Like, I mean, and you know, I can be realistic about this. I mean, A, he does this every year. So, okay, fine, whatever. Like, you know, gets counted out, practice squad, you know, whatever, inactive. Um, but, like, when Justin Fields comes back, you have to imagine those 18 carries a game are going to turn to maybe, like, 13, maybe. Uh, so you think that his um, his usage is going to be based on Justin Fields and maybe not Roshan Johnson coming back healthy? I think, well, yeah. Which is very weird, by the way, while we're on the topic. How crazy was that? Because, you know, we get the Dante Foreman week six game. Uh, It wasn't anything spectacular, right? And he's sharing the the backfield with Darrington Evans that week. So you're kind of optimistic going into this week about what you're going to get versus the Raiders. But, you know, with six teams on by and the running back landscape the way it is, Dante Foreman looked like, all right, hey, he's got to find our way into our lineups, right, as a top 24 running back or at least a flex play. So we stick him out there, and and he produces this number. And, you know, going into this past week, Roshan Johnson – is two weeks removed from a concussion. So it wasn't until Friday when they ruled out Roshan Johnson that we started feeling good about playing Dante Foreman on Sunday, correct? I feel good about playing him every week, Chris. Oh, my God. Chrissy. Okay. All right. Listen. No, you're, no, I know, I know. You're, no, you're right. I'm just I'm messing with you. But yeah, you're right. No, no. All right. Well, let me ask you this much, Nando. You know, Dante Foreman, he puts up these crazy numbers, right? 16 carries, 89 yards, two touchdowns, three catches, and 31 yards, chips in for another touchdown. You know how many snaps he played at a 71? Uh, 35. Yeah, 33. All right. 33 out of 71 snaps. Now, granted, he gets nicked up in the second half. He misses a series of two. But it's not like he's out there 65 out of 71 snaps. He's not an 85% bell cow. But, yeah. I, you know, let's put that aside. He, Like I said, he gets nicked up. Going into this now week eight versus the Chargers on the road, uh, let's see what happens with Roshan. If, if Roshan comes back healthy uh, midweek uh, and starts practicing, uh, you have to expect him to, to get at least 30 40% of the, uh, the workload. Uh, but Foreman has – carved out a lead back role, in my opinion, going forward based off of what he just did in week seven. Are you worried Justin Fields is going to mess this up, basically? 
you know, who knows how much longer Justin Fields is going to be out for, but uh, it just say he's out another couple games. Yeah, listen, Justin Fields is going to come back. He's going to run eight to ten times a game. But um, if Foreman comes out this week versus the Chargers, gets 15, 17 carries, okay, um, and, and, you know, gives us 70, 80 rushing yards as the lead back again, going forward, he's he's an RB2. Even with Justin Fields back, I can't start benching Dante Foreman because Justin Fields comes back, you know. So, uh, I, yeah, he does get a little bit of a hit when he does come back, but not that much. Chris and I had lunch this week. Uh, oh, it was lovely. And the place had this great smoky. It was the Adams Tavern in Westfield, New Jersey. And the place had this great smoky. It was like the, the fireplace almost had backed up. Yes. And today I put on the same sweatshirt that I wore and I was walking. I'm like, why does it smell like a campfire? And it's because, oh yeah, right. I, I probably should. I didn't realize it absorbed so much of the smell. I wish I could get my bar to smell like that bar uh, because I just loved that smoky feel. They had the real wood fire going yeah, in the middle did. of the place. The you got bars, a fireplace? Yeah. It's not real wood though. You know, it's, uh, it's converted. Maybe I should, but if I could get it to smell like that, you know, I love it. That smoky feel in the in, in October, November when you go outside. But uh, this was inside, so great place. It's nice catching up with my boy. Had some old fashions, had some uh, good food, and uh, it, it was a good time. But back Chris to is going to rent a place in Hoboken. We've decided. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right, let's get moving. <laughs> yeah, yeah, seriously. <laughs> I know you get mad because you after the show you're like only two people understood that joke, me and you. And so you waited exactly. five minutes of the show with Exactly. The That's exactly show, what I'm gonna say. We've been talking about people, Emery DeMarcado. Yeah, people are like, Oh, you know, what are these what's this wacko talking about? But uh, nobody understands it. But anyway, yeah, let's talk some uh, actual fantasy football here. Let's get back on track here. Uh, after, yeah, Dante Foreman last week. Well, it's funny, Nando. We could take it from Dante Foreman last week, who was like the second biggest uh, free agent um, waiver wire ad that a lot yeah. of people spent money on. But who was the first guy? DeMarcado of Arizona. And guess how, I guess how that worked out two oh, weeks pretty ago. Pretty well if you held on to him. Well, nobody played him. That's the funny thing. Yeah, that's true. You know, nobody played him going into this week after the debacle uh, in week six. Okay, everybody spent in, in my leagues in the high stakes leagues. Demarcado went from anywhere from three hundred fifty dollars to up to six fifty. Okay, so thirty five to sixty five percent of your budget was blown on Demarcado, expecting expecting him once Connor went down to be the lead back. Pretty much give you the numbers, the snap percentages, and all the stats that he gave in week seven when everybody gave up on him and actually dropped him. Okay, that he didn't in week six. So. Nobody can understand that one. Nobody can make sense of the Arizona backfield from week six to seven. What happened with Keontae Ingram being the lead back and Damian Williams factoring in. Uh, and then in the next week, the two of them playing pretty much absolutely no role where Ingram got zero snaps. Yeah. Damian Williams got one carry. DeMarcado got everything. So you have to expect now going into this upcoming week here. Are we going back in on DeMarcado? As an as an RB two, are we picking him up for big, you know, big amounts again? Is he your number one? Is he your number one waiver wire priority? Um, yes, at the like running back position. Angry, angry drops of Demarcado all over the place. So That's exactly what it was. It was it yeah. was angry drops. And and let's talk about you know, should you not drop Zach Evans this week? Zach Evans is a drop. All right, Zach Evans is a drop. I. I, I it's back-to-back weeks where people blew 35% plus more on Fab Budget. Evans, people spent even more money on this past week going yeah. to Fab. And then we talked about it last week on last week's show, Nando. The, the mind of a fantasy uh, player nowadays is you get to the middle of the, the year and we're all desperate for running back help. And we live in the moment and we live in the who's the top big free agent fab running back tonight right and right. it was zach evans across the board and week going into week seven the yeah. same way it was demarcado going into week six right so without any hesitation people are like i need help at running back he's the m- number one pickup you know ed 
I got to drop. I got to get him at all costs. I know that everybody's talking. It's going to be 250 to 350. Well, I'm going to make sure I get him. I'm going to bid 450 on DeMarcado, 500 on Evans. And I'm going to be able to get that guy off the wire, plug him in my RB2 spot, maybe even RB1 if we're so that like that desperate. And he's going to give us 15, 20 points. And I'm going to get through my week. Okay, save my team at the running back position and and advance to the next week where maybe I get a healthy running back back or another guy pops that's on my bench. And we live in the moment and we got burnt two weeks. And I'm and that's from the 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 average uh, rookie player that took him off waivers to some of the best players I know that spent four five six hundred dollars on him and said, Zach Evans is going to be the guy and put him in. I don't know. You'll have to ask Glenn who you're I obsessed will. with. So, <laughs> well, you said some of the best um, players I know. That, everybody, you name them. You can name some of the best players in the high stakes world. They all Mark Edelman. on on Zach. Mark. <laughs> I hope he's Frank insulted. Mavilla. That yeah, I hope you're. I hope they're all insulted that you call them all the wrong names. <laughs> but anyway, anyway, listen, Zach Evans. T- <laughs> Zach Evans is going to be dropped <laughs> everywhere tonight. I know, but we didn't. It's not the same as Demarcado, right? I mean, like there has been that week. Like right now, Daryl Henderson. Yeah. Well, I guess he's this kind of. You could kind of consider him the same as Damian Williams, really. Like you know, a couple guys signed who you know jump in and do their job. Mm-hmm. Here's no, the thing, it, Chris. We talked about last week. Like you can just like those were two weird backup situations. Right. right, like you can stack your bench with Clyde Edwards Hilaire, like you know, like those kinds of guys mm-hmm. who you know are kind of like more direct line backups. Like Kareem Hunt's a bad example because he's probably already taken a lot of leagues, but maybe Pierre Strong is the guy you want to go. That's with. the guy I wanted to bring up, Nando. That's the guy I was also you, you know, you said you asked me who the top pickup this week is at the running back position, and it's going to be DeMarcado again after all the touches and snaps he got. But Pierre Strong really needs to be considered as well. And I think he's going to go for a significant amount. And he would be my second option. And I'm not so sure that if I'm one of those players that needs to just survive these next couple weeks, maybe get some healthy running back backs. I'm looking at all my teams going into fab this week. And I'm like, if I could just survive, you know, week week eight looks great. Let's back up. Week eight, no you know, there's no teams on by. Luckily, it's like a yeah, nice that's crazy, right? It's like it's all messed up, but it's such a nice reprieve as I'm setting all my lineups, going through all my teams that I don't have to look down and go, all right, I have to replace my RB2 and my wide receiver one and three this week. It's just nice to look at your team. And besides the injury issues, you have a full team, a full roster to use. Right. So there's not a like I got to drop my kicker and I got to pick up a defense. And last week was so annoying with Fab. And I put so much time and energy, as I'm sure many fantasy players did, because you just were trying to put a lineup in that was competitive and deal with the injuries and and, and drop this guy that's on a bye week and, and everything. But you get a nice reprieve here in week eight with, you know, no buys and, and your full roster. But then you look up and in weeks nine and 10, you have the best fantasy teams and, and rosters and players pretty much uh, that are going to be on by. In week nine, you know, the Detroit Lions, the 49ers and the Jaguars. OK, there's fantasy players all over the board on those three teams that we have yeah. rostered as well as, you know, so and the Broncos are the fourth team. But, you know, other than Judy Sutton, Javante Williams, maybe, Um you know, and then in week 10, right after that, it's the Chiefs, the Dolphins, the Eagles, the three best fantasy teams are all on a bye in week 10. And the Rams, who, you know, Cooper Cup, Puka Nakua. So in these next two weeks after week eight, we're going to be dealt with the same thing. So let's enjoy this week eight here. And, and, you know, we don't have to go too crazy with our lineups. We have basically everything at our, uh, you know, in our hand for, for our uh, teams this week. Well, I don't want to take us off track, but I do. Yeah. Puka had another great game, right? Like after yeah. seven weeks and Cooper Cup coming back, mm-hmm. like he's not he's not going anywhere, right? This is like a legitimate no. out of nowhere. Holy crap. No. What's his, what's his trade value? Is it? And I, I, look, I know you hate talking about like specific guys, but I just want to know like, 
are you treating him if you want to get, if you're if you're hurting a wide receiver if you want to get him are you treating him like he's going to be having like maybe four or five more hundred yard games this season yeah are you yes. treating him like you you picked him up off the waiver wire you know you should have, like like you have no, to pay I'm up treating him, him I'm treating him as if I drafted him in round three at round nice. two round three like that's that's what Puka is now. Like he's a legit star, uh, and, and he's an absolute stud. I, I'd even say I want to say he's your a solid wide receiver too, but he might be a back end wide receiver one. He might be top twelve. He might be. What else does he have to do? Right range. Yeah, right. exactly. And, you know, I, I Cooper Cup. I thought would affect him this much, but after seeing what we saw this past week, it's not going to affect him. This offense can support two major stars, and you have to treat him as if we would look at like a Jamar Chase T Higgins last year, or, you know, like these monster one, two combinations. There's not really anybody else in that offense factoring in, you know, there's no, you know, Higby's basically getting phased out at the tight end position Two two out will gets a little sniff. But other than that, it's just all, uh, you know, I think they get 70%. I think the number was like over 70% of the target share, multiple weeks in a row. That's what it's going to be going forward. So, yeah, for sure. But just to back up real quick. Well, hold on. Wait, Nando, yeah, hold, hold on. We've got to play our ad. We've already yeah. gone six minutes over. Sorry Let me get the that. sound effect. And yes. then I get the ad. And then I'd like to talk about uh, rookie wide receivers with you, if that's okay. Yeah. That's your tease. Here's your sound effect. It has been two years since Josh Larkey paved the way for fantasy gamers to start expecting positive returns from Pick'em games, specifically underdog pickums and how do you do it well you look at the slate and you find a great shootout or a sneaky shootout you also look for a shit show game three four five six guys in one game that's right you can do it you can do it and you can 100x your payout on underdog think about week one Jets Bills was a shit show. Did we see the Aaron Rodgers injury coming? No, but we knew the Jets have a good defense. We knew the Bills have a good defense. Why not expect the worst? And the worst is what we got. So if you had gone Dalvin Cook less than, Garrett Wilson less than, Aaron Rodgers less than, Josh Allen less than, Gabriel Davis less than, boom, 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 boom. You can go six for six. Same thing in week two. Oh, week two. Well, sneaky shootout there in Philadelphia. Minnesota's going to be in comeback mode. So we'll go Cousins. Jefferson, Hawkinson, more than. Madison, less than. But also, Swift, more than. Boom, 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 boom. That's how you do it with the underdog pickums, and you use promo code UNDERWORLD to get a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. You put in 100 underdog matches that deposit up to 100 bucks with promo code UNDERWORLD. Go start picking. Yeah, there we on go, the page, Nando. On the Nando gets to play with all the Nando gets to play with all the little functions there. You Nando, listen before we go into rookie wide receivers, I I just I know I got off track like I usually do with the the point on Pierre Strong and Demarcado. Yeah. I just want to say this is the reasoning and hear me out, okay? I told you about the bye weeks that are coming up for nine and ten and all those running backs, okay? Now if you're also a Montgomery owner, a Kyron Williams owner. James Conner, you just lost Jerome Ford, as well as all those monster teams that all have good running backs that you're going to be needing to replace in 9 and 10. That's why I'm going to be aggressive with a DeMarcado Pierre Strong right here for the guys that I can plug in for these next one, two, maybe three weeks here. If I own all those running backs that are hurt this week or on those bye weeks, I'm going to replace in 9 and 10. Okay, so that's that's the way I'm looking at it. Let me get myself to week 10 or 11 when I'm getting healthy running backs back at that point or after the bye. But if you're going to present me guys that I can uh, that could get me through these next two weeks, like a Pierre Strong, okay, with Jerome Ford out, or Di Mikado, okay, while Connor's still going to be out another three weeks. Yeah. Give me these guys. Let me plug them in as solid RB2s for the next two weeks and then get healthy with my studs from week 10 on and go from there. So it's kind of like a plug-in, like a, like a, a substitution system that, I, um, you know, I'm playing it as not as guys that I'm, th- I don't think Pierre Strong is going to carry me to a league championship in weeks 15, 16, 17. I'm trying to play the, you know, the two week game here. Are we over Keaton Mitchell now? Unf- you know what? It's crazy. Nando Keaton Mitchell 
he gets the carry in that game, okay? Yeah. And um, and he looks good. He turns the corner. He looks unbelievable. And he, and he gets hurt. And now I think he's going to miss multiple weeks. But I was like, oh, he's finally – they finally put him on the field yeah, to give him guy. a couple carries to see what's going on. Um, he, I don't want to blame Justice Hill for, um, you know, uh, he, like Lamar Jackson put the ball in, in his chest. You know, one of those uh, – who, who do you blame, the quarterback or the running back for the fumble? Um so I thought maybe Justice Hill was going to get phased out a little bit. And maybe that's why Keaton Mitchell started getting like got the carries, um, you know, just to maybe come into the the lineup a little bit and, and phase Justice Hill out. But it was Gus uh, Edwards and, and Justice Hill again, pretty much a 50 50 split, even though Gus Edwards had the huge numbers and the big game, they still played pretty much 50 50, the, the two of them. So. Uh, for me, going forward, I would treat Gus Edwards as a, a low-end RB2. Justice Hill, unfortunately, I, I don't think it's going to happen. Um, you know, he'd be a desperation RB3. Yeah. That's Keaton shame. Mitchell, you're going to see getting dropped, though. To, to answer your question, I think yeah. Keaton Mitchell now with this injury, people are going to say, all right, we gave it a shot. We tried to see if there was something there. It didn't work out. And we're throwing in the towel on him. So, yeah, he'll be widely dropped uh, tonight. That Ravens sure. offense, though, Nando, while we're on the Ravens, God, I loved it. We talked about last week how I don't know if there was a – like Lamar Jackson was real close, I felt, for this offense to blow up and and really take off. And if you watch that Ravens game, which I know you did, buddy. Um, Start they to were, finish. They were clicking on all cylinders right from the jump, man. There were guys running open everywhere. While they were struggling, it's crazy to say, but, you know, while Bateman and Beckham were hurt and out for, for those weeks – you know, maybe they just couldn't have everything. I'm not saying those guys are going to be factors, but it just gives the defense more weapons to to concentrate on. And Zay Flowers is running wide open down the field. And, you know, you go from an offense where there's only two guys to worry about to four or five now with Bateman and Beckham out there. I really, I really got high hopes now for this Ravens offense um, going forward. For, let me ask you this. Bateman has bombed. Like, like I have no hope for Bateman. Bateman. Yeah, okay. I just want to. I just want to clear that up. Like, yeah. No. 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 Like no. I'm talking to everybody. Else. This is a Lamar. This yeah, is a Lamar. Okay. Andrew Zay Flowers and maybe maybe even uh, Beckham as a desperation flex play. Yes. Yeah. He it's played. So he hot. played a good amount of desperation flex plays. Desperation. Um, uh, yeah. He uh, show me he, some he, more of that. <laughs> he played the clear. You're creepy. He played a clear. Somewhere that giant wall behind you. He played a clear wide receiver two role. You know, snap wise, it was like everyone else was Aguilar and Bateman were distant three and four, but Beckham uh, looks like he'll be the clear two. And if he's going to play about 65 percent of the snaps out there, you know, maybe he could give us four for fifty every week. And maybe get in the end zone. So it was just nice to see. I think that offense. They got they got through September. Um, you know, it's tough when you bring in a new coach in the offseason. You get off to some slow starts. I think maybe it's starting to click a little bit. Yeah. Todd Monken. Who knew? No. Well, I mean, we shitted on him last week. So now well, you did. Yeah. And I said, take it easy on the guy. His, his, his play calling in uh, London, that London game, was ridiculous. It was just ridiculous. But he. He must have heard the chatter. Maybe he watches uh, in Fantasy Empire. He heard the complaints, Nando. And he opened it up, and he let he put the ball in Lamar's hands like he should have versus a Lions defense that's good against the run. And Lamar ripped him apart. So, you know, let's see if he sticks to that in Arizona this week. Another good matchup for this Baltimore offense. And uh, let's hope they go, uh, as the kids like to say, ham. Let's, You know, I think that's they're all actually adults now who used to say that. Yeah, that's uh, it. You know, it was a weird team to me, and I'm just getting us all fantasy for a second. No, that's it. We could talk about any team. Let's do it. That like Dallas. Oh, you pick for- a team that's all, that comes off of a buy. That's the, that's your weird team. That's such no. a nando. It wasn't even like we just saw them. Go ahead. Well, no. So you know, it was like uh, so uh, we're changing up the format for the way we do the betting column this week, and so yeah. I'm like, all right, let me let me do it. So like, you know, it's not, we're not like a freelancer, like sending it back to him over and over again and being like, change this, change this. I'm like I can change this stuff. I'm right here. So we're doing this new format. Where we're pulling stuff from like true media and stat muse and stuff. Um, and stat muse has this cool thing where you can see like how a team does against the spread 
in the game log in like a straight line and how they do against the over under and like how far of a differential they are from the spread. And I think the Cowboys, man, I'm, I'm almost positive it's the Cowboys. I wrote it today. I should remember this. You just, you just talked for two minutes about all that. And then you said, I don't, I think maybe it's the well, Cowboys. Well, it's, it's probably the, t- so they, no yeah, I think it's the Cowboys. There's, mm-hmm. they've been so far off the spread for every game that it's like they only had one game. That makes sense. I'll give you that much. Points. It yeah, was like it probably plus 36, is. minus 23. Like it's been like yeah. it's crazy differential. They've well, been all you're over probably, the place. You're probably right because the, if you remember the first week of the season, they blow the Giants out 40 yeah. to 3. Then yeah. they, then they, and you know, they blow the Jets out at home. They get blown out by San Francisco. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, the last time we saw them, they played a tight game, which was a tight spread, uh, you know, versus the Chargers. So, uh, what Chargers do I expect? Garbage, huh? Chargers struggle. Uh, Justin yeah. Herbert, mm. Quentin Johnson. What happened? Your rookie wide receivers, Quentin Johnson, man. Quentin Johnston was a complete no touch for me. Well, I don't own one share of Quentin Johnston. Uh, he was the one rookie receiver that I hated and, and wouldn't draft. So, uh, you know, that's luckily working out. But the fact that they took Quentin Johnston, the Chargers, over Zay Flowers and Jordan Addison might go down as one of the worst <laughs> to draft oh. decisions ever. Um, all right, maybe that's a, maybe that's getting a little ahead of ourselves, but – you know, for imagine if Justin Herbert had Zay Flowers or Jordan Addison right now instead of Quentin Johnston. Imagine if I Justin mean, Herbert hey. was just good on his own. That would be pretty good. Oh, here we go. All right. Okay. You know, what do I, I know do? you said it last week you, and I gave you some heat, but <laughs> you did. You will be wrong for that. Justin Herbert is an elite quarterback and, uh, you know, he's just getting used to life without Mike Williams, but he'll be just fine. He'll be just fine. But listen, you you talked about Dallas. Dallas comes off the bye now. I expect here's what I expect from Dallas. Yeah. The same thing we finally got to see versus the Chargers two weeks ago on Monday Night Football. Them establishing CD Lamb as an elite wide receiver one and peppering peppering him with targets. Okay. Tony Pollard needs to start stepping up now off the bye. Uh he didn't look like the Tony Pollard we saw last year. Hopefully the bye week. You know, recharges batteries a little bit. The offense goes through Lamb and Pollard. The 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 um, their schedule opens up a little bit now. I expect this Dallas team to be. If you're a Lamb and Pollard owner, you weren't thrilled about, and you didn't get your money's worth on either of them the first six weeks of the season. I think now you start to see it afterwards because the offense, honestly, they just have complementary guys. After that, you know, Gallup and Cooks. You could flip your coin every week. Who's going to be that? Number two wide receiver. They're all the, the two of them are like four for fifty guys each. And, and the kid Ferguson, he can maybe give you something at the tight end position as a you know a low end uh, tight end one some weeks. But other than that, it's Lamb and Pollard and go to sleep. I appreciate how you write C D Lamb's name is the letter C and the letter D every week in your column. One of these weeks yeah. is gonna slip through. Yeah. Yes. I do it. I I do things to try and keep you, uh, you know, on your toes. <laughs> I'm sure that's exactly what it is. Yes. <laughs> uh, you want to talk about Wookie? Right? Like you have this in your rundown. Stick to the rundown. LOL. All in caps. And I'm trying to, and you keep talking about people who aren't rookie wide receivers. Like I brought up like four rookie wide I, receivers for you. Who did I, I talk about that wasn't a rookie wide receiver? Yeah, I'm well, just saying. Bring up Quentin Johnston, but let me talk about CeeDee Lamb for 45 minutes. You brought up the Cowboys and we didn't talk about it. So I, I wanted to, to touch Quentin on Johnston. It. And then I came back to Quentin Johnston for you. All right. Are you done? I, I got that no. out of the system? Listen, we're just starting to see the emergence now of some of these, you know, the rookie wide receiver class early on in the season didn't look like it was going to amount to much. But now we're starting to see Zay Flowers looks like an elite wide receiver. I want to I want to hope that he's a wide receiver, too, for your fantasy team going forward. I think Jordan Addison now with Justin Jefferson is locked in as, a, as an elite wide receiver too, a solid top 24 wide receiver. OK, we just saw the emergence of Jackson Smith and Jigba finally in week seven. Because okay? Metcalf got hurt. Well, Metcalf was out, but you know what? Everybody expected Tyler Lockett to be like the lead guy and JSN just to slip in and, and be the two. JSN got the most targets. Okay. And and who knows? We might not see Metcalf again. You know, a hip injury isn't anything to, to sneeze at. So maybe he misses another game. And Jackson Smith and Jigba looked unbelievable. We know the talent he has, right? So if 
I think based on his last game this past week, I think he's earned himself. And he was already playing 80% of the snaps, even when DK and Lockett were in the lineup in week six. Right, but he's okay. the third option. He's the third when, when option. But what out. I'm saying is going forward, maybe Lockett isn't going to be the second option when DK is healthy. Maybe they're starting. You got to remember, he gets hurt at the end of preseason, right? He's got a cast on his arm. Everybody expects him to miss the first four weeks of the season, but he's right there ready to go. But he's not fully healthy. So he's playing hurt the first couple of weeks. They probably don't want to pepper him with targets. They didn't give him a lot of, you know, the snaps were down and everything as he gets, a, you know, accustomed to the NFL, everything. And now you see him ramping up, ramping up. He comes out of the bye. He's got the high percentage. Now DK is out. He plays another, you know, big role, catches the touchdown, looks great doing it. Maybe uh, right now going into this week, even if DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett are both active, well, Lockett will be active, but I'm saying even if DK is active, yeah, I'm still flexing JSN. And and if you want to use him as a top 36 wide receiver three, I wouldn't have a problem with that either. So JSN, and then we can't forget about Josh Downs. In oh, wait, I got to so follow up on JSN. Go ahead. When's the last time you signed a cast? Uh, probably when I was in grade school. Yeah, it's been a while, right? Yeah, nobody does that anymore, right? I guess we don't know people who break their arms that often. And then get in a hard cast, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. Well, I mean, usually it would be a hard cast, and then it would be like a child. So would you really be? I don't know. Well, if a child but came hey, up to me and said, sign my cast, it's said, sure, man. Here you well, go. That, that would be my point. Like, would a child really be coming up to you? And being like, hey, I heard you're, are you Nando DeFino, the great Nando DeFino? That's right. And That's me. Like, Why do yeah, you smell like smoke? Yes, kid. I am Nando <laughs> DeFino. <laughs> and then you would sign this cast, Dante Foreman. I might. That's how you would Can do we please it. talk about Josh Downs? He's a uh, Zach Key. Was Zach Key for James Boyd, our, our Colts? Another writer, one. Wrote I'm about him. You. Wrote about him in the season. Like he was like, hey, Richardson, it was it was a Richardson thing. It was like Richardson really likes him. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, Richardson's out, but I mean, like he's still a part of the offense, I suppose. No, he's he's the clear two now to me in this offense, and it's an offense that it worked out perfectly, right? Anthony Richardson is out. Gardner Minshew is a gunslinger, right? So there's going to be yeah. more pass attempts every game. Um, uh, there's there's no tight end to really speak of. The kid Pierce is, you know. He's Rashad De facto too. Yeah, yeah. I, I want to say like people want to look at him as the number two, but after these last couple of weeks, he's the number three. Okay, and the kid Downs is popping, and the kid, you know, I loved him at Carolina in North Carolina. And if you remember in August when we were doing the show, I was saying, listen, he's the guy that you throw a dollar on at the end of the uh, at the end of your auction, or, or take a shot on him in the last couple rounds of your draft, stash him and wait. And here we are, and. Another rookie wide receiver that's uh, got got a big second half ahead of him. I don't think anyone remembers you saying that. Okay. Well, we could ask Tyler, the our producer. All right. Well, yeah, we will. Check the tape. Shout out to Tyler. <laughs> He's doing a great job behind the scenes. Carrying you, all your changes to the show and everything you do, you're a real pain in the ass, just so that's everybody rough. knows. I'm a bit of a diva. So yeah. You are. You are a diva. You want to – make the people believe that I'm the diva of the show. But the truth of the matter is I just show up. I'm a, I'm a lunch pail type of guy. I'm for the people. I show up. I do my job. You're behind the scenes causing chaos. Can we stick to this? Please? I don't like that thumbnail. I don't want this topic. I don't want to do this. It's like, come on, Nando. Just be a team player here. Let's get back to fantasy. You're taking us off the map. Second round wide receiver letdowns. Oh, we're not going to be able to get to all your stuff. I still want to get into tight holiday weekend. Well, you're talking about signing kids cast and stuff like that. So there's oh. a reason why the people aren't getting every topic that we wanted to hit on. But yeah, look, think you about this, more Nando. You an answer that I thought you would. Not, well, because I have to play into your BS every now and then, Nando. Okay. But listen, let's talk about second round wide receivers this year, which was the rave in on draft day, right? Yeah. Everybody's fantasy plan this year was to start off your draft in the first round with a monster wide receiver one, right? Come right back and get your other elite wide receiver out of that whole group of second round wide receivers that people could make a case for that they belonged as like an elite wide receiver one as well. 
okay? Because all the rave was zero RB and, and getting two monster receivers to start. But right. when you look at the second round going back now, now Devontae Adams, I'm going to classify in this as a second round wide receiver. He was going for the most part between picks 12 and 16, right? Uh I don't have any concerns about Devontae Adams, Nando. I really don't. So because three weeks ago on this show, I was talking about he should have been classified as the an elite wide receiver one that was going in the top 10. And now what happened since then? Three really bad games stat-wise. This Josh McDaniels week, a problem there? No. Uh, oh, Josh McDaniels is the problem. Yeah, yeah he's yeah. a terrible coach. But that has nothing to do with Devontae Adams. Um Right now, Devontae Adams was a stud for the first four games of the year. It's just weird how in the last three games, he gave seven for 57 this past week. It was all in the first half. I don't even think he caught a ball in the second half. But, um, you know, so Devontae Adams is coming off three games of really not helping your team and, and hurting it. And he was drafted in the second round, right? Jalen Waddle, it's week seven now. We're still waiting for the crazy blow-up games. He struggled all through September. He gave yeah. six for 63 this past week. 12 points just isn't getting it done. I could go to round eight and get 12 fantasy points from a wide receiver, okay? Yeah. So Waddle, Jalen Waddle was a top 16 overall pick. Uh, he's by far a distant wide receiver, too, to a Tyreek Hill who was drafted in the first round. Uh, Devonta Smith for the Eagles. Again, this is four weeks in a row now of, you know, underwhelming play. He goes four for 49 in a great spot. Okay. He's been a bad pick so far outside of the first two weeks of the season. Um, he's playing a distant wide receiver too, as well to AJ Brown, who was a stud wide receiver, one pick T Higgins end of round two. He's been a disaster this whole season. Chris Olave, who we all loved in middle of round two, we thought he should maybe, Oh, he, this is a, you're getting a receiver. It's going to catch over a hundred balls. He should maybe be in round one. Uh, he's coming up short week after week. Now he's, I blame that on Derek Carr more than even a, a Lave, to be honest with you, not because Derek Carr is an absolute disaster, but he's another, he gives a seven for 57 again this week. And then yeah, but that Calvin was, Ridley targets, 15 targets. He did get 15 targets, but you know what? When you have a shit quarterback, it affects you. And yeah. maybe we should have looked at that this year. You know, I like to, that's the way I draft is I like to try and stay away from big receivers in the first couple rounds that are, have a shitty quarterback. Yeah. I'd rather take a, a second rate wide receiver with an elite quarterback, knowing that that quarterback's going to get him the ball and, and everything. Um, but it's been a disaster for the whole second round of wide receivers. None of these guys are helping your team win. The best pick out of all these was after all these guys went off the board and Keenan Allen. So um, those are the teams that I see that are the most successful because pretty much everyone in the first round was a hit. Okay. Even like if you drafted McCaffrey, but Tyreek Hill, Stefan Diggs, Amon Ross St. Brown, AJ Brown, uh, you know, Jamar Chase has had a, a nice bounce back after the a slow start. Uh, unfortunately, Justin Jefferson, but he was obviously a huge hit. All those receivers in the first round, if you built off of that, you didn't go wrong in the first round, okay? Right, right. And if you came back, you most likely hit on one of these receivers. So everyone's like even after two rounds. Everyone's dealing with a struggling second-round wide receiver and a, and a, and a stud first-round wide receiver. It's who got the Keenan Allens in the third round? Who got the Travis Etienne's? Who got, you know, DJ Moore? You know, it's those combinations that you're seeing that are having the most success in, in my eyes. And let's not forget Travis Kelsey. Well, I was uh, going to ask you, where, where did Kelsey yeah. go when you're in the, by, by the thing? Depends. Dustin settled. It depends, Nando, on, you know, like that injury broke with Kelsey and Kelsey fell in the last like three days of drafts. Yeah. Uh, you know, so the Thursday night game, he sat out that I knew if from what I remember, I think it was like Tuesday or Wednesday that that hit couple days before and and at that moment straight through the weekend Travis Kelsey became a mid to late round second pick a uh, second round pick Imagine sometimes like even fell to the third Kelsey. and that's and that's what's going to wind up winning fantasy I think this year is when you look and you see the guys that were able to put uh you know a Travis Kelsey who was a top seven overall pick up until those last four or five days when that injury hit 
now they get him and they could have paired him with all those stud receivers that I just that we just mentioned. But you know, I want to I want to put a guy mm-hmm. John Dotson. I know he wasn't a second round wide receiver, but he's oh. I mean, like he a lot of people who I respect and like and whose work like smart just call them him. out. Yeah, just oh, call I mean, them I, just, out. I don't remember who they are. I just remember reading. Yeah, no, like, you okay, did well. So then Jahan you know, Dotson. Jake was one of them. Jake loved Jahan Dotson. Oh wow, you just threw your boy Jake under the bus, man. Yeah, That's but Jake was right up. about a lot of other things too. I mean, yeah. okay. you, you get you get one of these once in a while, but I mean, it's like <laughs> it's strange, like how I mean, like Bienemies is a great offensive mind, and you know Ron Rivera did not give Sam Howell the greatest vote of confidence this week. Yeah, um, worried about him. Oh, I don't know what the future holds, right? Like, ah, that's not a good. It's not a good. There's look. a there's a lot of quarterbacks this Sunday, Nando, that I think are going to be on real short leashes. And we talked about Derek Carr. If he comes out and he struggles in the first quarter, you're going to see Winston. I think this week. I think you're going to see uh, if Sam Howell struggles. You'll see a lot of Taysom Hill. Maybe it's a Taysom Hill week. That that offense. Watching that game last Thursday, uh, and it seems so long ago, Nando, but. What an absolutely crazy game. I never saw a worse 31 for 20, 20, uh, never saw a worse 31 to 24 game for fantasy. And the fact that Alvin Kamara and that Saints offense is just, it's like they only have one play in the playbook and Carr is so bad that he just drops back and he just dumps it down to Kamara and to have a running back, get 14 targets out of the backfield and and what did he get 12 catches for 91 yards and like 29 fantasy points Alvin Kamara because of the suspension was going in the eighth round of yeah. high stakes drafts yeah. and that's a league winning pick he's a, he's an elite RB1 going forward he's a top 10 RB1 and you got him in the eighth round and if you were smart enough to draft him and wait and stash him it, you know that's another league winning pick going forward, but that offense is absolute garbage. You can't even play carp because of all the times that they get inside the five. And you, you know, those times that you get inside the five car come off the field and Taysom Hill will run it in. Like you just can't trust that offense. It's absolute trash. And we should have seen this more um, with the Alave pick. I, I think well, Alave I mean, didn't deserve to be a second round pick in my opinion. There was Michael Thomas kind of on the outskirts of what's going to happen with Michael Thomas too. You know, like I guess there was. Yeah, some I was high logic. on Michael Thomas. He's on a lot of my teams, Nando Michael Thomas, and he hasn't been bad. He's just he's just a what Michael Thomas is. He's just a, a safe twelve or thirteen point PPR wide receiver three or hopefully flex player each week in your lineup. That's pretty much what Michael Thomas is. You want to talk about tight holiday weekend? Tight holiday weekend. Well, I don't know what it means. You butchered that, but if you didn't know, this past Sunday was uh, National Tight End Day, the holiday. This is what you wrote. You wrote Tight Holiday Weekend. Well, anybody with a football mind would know what the hell I meant by let's talk about Tight End Sunday, how Tight End Holiday. Not Sunday really. There's though. a ho- the Halloween is coming up, so I thought like this is going to be a tight. Yeah, holiday I wanted to talk about your Halloween. Yeah, I wanted to talk about your Halloween and and what you were gotten dressed up as. Um, this week but uh, wow halloween is halloween is like this week huh like in another week yeah yeah next week that's crazy um so this past sunday if you didn't know which obviously you didn't um was (laughs) national (laughs) tight end day which is the which was the holiday that every week every year there's one sunday tight holiday weekend let me see if I can make a T-shirt for you. Every year, there's a tight. week that George Kittle designates as tight end uh, holiday, and it was this past Sunday. And then, judging by the absolute smash games by all these tight ends, it's like the quarterbacks knew to get their tight ends the ball this past Sunday. Starting with who we just talked about, Travis Kelsey, twelve for one eighty and a touchdown with his girlfriend in the stands. No. Okay. Absolute smash. It's crazy that year after year, we not we, I'll say me and a lot of other players, we say we're jumping off the bus. What do we say? What's the saying? If, you, if you're not there for the wedding, don't be there for the funeral. Do you know that saying, Nanda? No, I don't think I, I'm sorry. I'm right down Never to heard that one weekend in my calendar. Well, it's different every year, I believe. I don't think it's just. I like that. Yeah, that's nice. 
Well, no, that is a saying. Uh, you obviously just don't know it, but uh, you know. So I've been I've been off on Kelsey for years now, and uh, this year was no different. I wasn't touching him in the first round. I don't like to build off my tight ends. And again, I'm going to get buried by Travis Kelsey this year because this is what happens when you fade a guy like Kelsey. He's 34 years old, and he's giving you 12 for 180 in a touchdown games out of a tight end position that sucks. But it was nice to see a lot of the tight end show up on the holiday. Um, TJ Hawkinson, 11 for 86 on 12 targets. Smash game. TJ Hawkinson's locked in as a top three elite tight end going forward. Dallas Goddard's had a nice bunch of uh, weeks now after a really slow start. But he's getting his season going again. Five for 77 and a touchdown. All the big tight ends, uh, you know, showed up. Mark Andrews, four for 63 and two touchdowns. Darren Waller, here we go. We're getting we're getting going here. Darren Waller, seven for 98 and a touchdown. And even George Kittle on his own holiday, five for 78. So all the elite tight ends, the top six or seven off the board. I don't know if I mentioned Laporta, who obviously. No, you didn't. Yeah. Well, Sam Laporta is six for 52. Another solid, you know, 12, 13 point game for the tight end. But. Nando, my point is this. All seven elite tight ends showed up. And as we enter week eight here, I think we have one more that we can bring into the fold here as a top 10 tight end going forward. I absolutely loved him. I drafted the shit out of him. He's my most owned tight end. But now with the injury to Dawson Knox, I think Dalton Kincaid is about to be a top six or seven weekly tight end. Uh, going forward here in, in this Bills offense that desperately needs, uh, uh, you know, another weapon because Gabe Davis dropped another stinker and, and I could see Dalton Kincaid being a, a stud. And I don't want to keep coming on the show every week and, and declaring a new tight end hero for us because I know last week we talked about Michael Mayer. Um, did we? I, we did. We talked about Mayer and, and I, I still have high hopes him, for him. Right? I did. I did. He was my cover guy. And I still have high hopes for him. I really do. Uh, He just happened to have a bad game this week. But that's based on the quarterback. I don't know why you're laughing. Because I don't know if people realize this. Like when you say he was my cover guy, it's because you demand that I put a picture of this person on your column every week. Nando, why don't you tell the truth? I send you the article and then you say, who should I put on the cover? I don't think they always go. Yeah, as a joke. That's how it goes. And I have to tell you. Because I think I know what you did mad. What you did for years is I would write an article, I'd send it to you, and then you would write a a headline that had nothing to do with my article. It had a lot of guy. I don't think you were the poster guy, and the poster guy wouldn't even be (laughs) a picture of somebody that was in it. It was just like, I know what gets clicks. I'm gonna put that as the thing. You you don't realize what you're writing about. Okay. Like you're ranking like the top 10 Atlanta Falcons. And yeah. so my headline would be ranking the top 10 Atlanta Falcons. You're like, why wouldn't you write? Why would you do that to my headline so- when all it was was at the end of the article and I was ranking the Falcons when really I had a sentence about Kareem Hunt in there and said I liked him and you should put him in that line. Yeah. No, what you did is I'd rank the top 10 Falcons and the 10th guy would be like the kicker, Koo, and your headline would be like, Koo, Good, about to be the greatest kicker in fantasy history. Yeah, like, yeah, that's you what something. you would do. Because you would write that's that what sentence. you would do. No, because you would write that sense. You're getting off the topic anyway. Dalton Kincaid, people, uh, he's rostered obviously, but if you have Kincaid, it's been a shit show for most of the year, and you've been waiting, and you're sitting there looking at your <laughs> Sam Laporters of the world and going, "Why can't Dalton Kincaid be this other team, Sam Laporta?" I think that's about to happen. So. Uh, I'm excited starting this week for uh, Dalton Kincaid. And I have a, I have a lineup question, uh, uh, an issue that um, I'm dealing with. A lot of my team, I have three teams that I have Dalton Kincaid and Evan Ingram as my two tight ends. Nando, who would you go with this week? I wasn't paying attention to the question. All right. Well, then move on. No, I'm just kidding. I guess I would go Evan Ingram. What'd you do? Just flip a quarter? Like that's yeah, yeah. yeah I, mean, I, don't, I really don't. I wouldn't be. That's terrible. That's, I wouldn't why be that's why I don't ask you. That's why I don't ask you questions, Don. I put myself in a position where I wouldn't it. have that choice that I would have to make. Well, I like, do. That seems so, so unexciting and boring to me. Seems like a typical high stakes problem. Wow. Trey McBride, uh, Zach Ertz went on IR. Nando and Trey McBride was a stud in colleges, and he's seen his snap percentage going up and up it's the last, last couple year. weeks. Don't you remember this last year? Just Everyone, say, I think 
I think yeah. we were telling everybody to pick up Trey McBride, and then he bought like that week. He was like two for 18. And Listen, he's never, we never heard from well, him as, again. As a rookie, but now he's got another year under his belt, and he's starting right. to come into his own. And um, he's going to get all the snaps. He's going to probably play 75, 80% of the snaps. Uh, you could do a lot worse than, uh, you know, picking up Trey McBride. I could see him sneaking in some tight end one. Uh, when I say tight end one, I don't I can want see him people listening. For Williams Top 12, game. I mean. <laughs> that would be a disaster. But right. Trey McBride's going to be a, a popular pickup in, in Fab this week at the tight end position. And don't, you know, who knows? Maybe we get Kyler Murray back in the next week or two. It's going to be an interesting offense out in Arizona. Maybe Trey McBride won't. I mean, like, every team is available. Every tight end is available. I mean, maybe Trey McBride won't be such a great big pickup. People seem every to so, – you know, I don't know what you just said. Every tight end is available? What does that I mean? Like, there are no buys. So, like, you're, the, there's no one missing. It's not like, oh, you know, my – Oh, okay. I don't okay. have my mediocre tight yeah, end. I'm going to go get Trey McBride. That is uh, – I'll tell you this much. I don't think it'll be a – well – I think he'd have to have a good game. I think he'd have to be like five for 62 in a touchdown, and then people go nuts for Trey McBride. Well, if you're playing competitive leagues and, and you know, deeper home leagues, you you got you can't wait for things to happen before you bid on them because then you're going to have to overspend, okay? So well, would you drop Evan week, Ingram for him? What? I'm just saying, like, if you have a tight end, if you're tight well, end, no, that, there's your, that's your first that, – no, that's your second one because you're, you're – Are you going to pick up Trey McBride and drop Evan Ingram? One. Or are you going to waste I'm not the answering bench that. I'm not answering such waste a the bench spot on Trey McBride. question not, like that. Evan Ingram, you, Evan Ingram is a top six tight end. You I'm, just described your team, right? Trey McBride, in, in listen, I know most home leagues, you just carry one tight end. But, you know, I'm in leagues, and I hope that most of our listeners are in leagues, that you're picking up talent, guys that can help your team. Okay? And if you want to talk Evan Ingram and, and everything, Evan Ingram is going to be on a bye next week. So for some of my teams that I have Evan Ingram and only Evan Ingram as my tight end, yeah, I'm going after Trey McBride aggressively because I have my eyes on week nine the following week to plug and play him. So these are things you have to, to look at. You pick up a Trey McBride because guess what? Travis Kelsey's on a bye week in two weeks, okay? Uh, Sam Laporte is on a bye next week. George Kittle's on a bye next week. Evan Ingram's on a bye next week. Dallas Goddard in two weeks. You got to be planning ahead. You can't wait until Trey McBride goes five for 60 and a touchdown this week. And then next week you're like, oh, I have Sam Laporte on a bye week. Let me go to the waiver wire and go get Trey McBride. And I got to pay out of my ass to go get him. So these are things that you got to think about ahead of time, Nando. That's the answer we were looking for. By the way, Trey McBride not on the rundown. Tight ends were. Well, tight holiday weekend. Tight holiday weekend. weekend. Did you mean (laughs) Halloween? Did you want to talk about Halloween? You want to talk about how you're the director of um, uh, the pie contest at your uh, kid's school? Do you want to? It's not a contest. No, I don't want to waste time on that. But if anyone would like to order a pie, let me know. You got to pick it up in New Providence, New Jersey on November 20th. I just I just love that story. Farm fresh pies. Nando's the head of the chair for the pie, uh, the pie drive at school. He's pumping out. Who wants Hey, do you want this pumpkin pie? Hey, I got it. I'm spending hey, hundreds of this dollars. This is Nando DeFino. I spent hundreds of dollars on Vistaprint <laughs> and then Staples to print out 250 business cards. You're calling, you're calling parents at night. Hey, this is Mr. DeFino. Uh, I noticed you haven't ordered your pie yet. I noticed you haven't ordered your pie. <laughs> Would you like two apple and a pumpkin? Thanksgiving's right around the corner, you know. There's a strawberry rhubarb. I ordered one. I ordered a strawberry rhubarb. We'll see. Oh, man. That's a hard one to make yourself, you know? A strawberry rhubarb. Yeah. Yeah. What's your favorite pie? Uh, can we please get to uh, Bijan Fallout? Oh, my God. How can we not sense. talk about that disaster, right? I don't know. I brought up the Falcons 10 minutes ago when you blew through it to talk about tight ends. <laughs> Wait, that was your hint to talk about Bijan was the article about the top 10 Falcons? <laughs> yeah. You're welcome. Oh, man. We're going off the rails. Yeah. But anyway, so listen, so no, so real, real quick, listen, I'm a big Bijan owner, and that was uh, the, the worst part of my Sunday was sitting there going, uh, why is Cordaro Patterson, Nando's guy, getting all these carries and, and Tyler Algier? So Twitter's blowing up. Everyone's going crazy. 
we're wondering where's Bijan. He's getting no snaps, no love. And it turns out now, uh, you know, as we know, this story has been talked about everywhere by everybody already. So I'm just happy that, yes, it sucked to take an app to take a zero from your RB one in a lot of lineups, as all our listeners know that have Bijan, it sucked. But, you know, you see these situations, you don't know if he got hurt and they were covering up an injury for that day. And then you find out, yeah, it was a hamstring. He heard it in pregame warmup. So we held him out and it turns into a multi-week thing. Turns out he was sick the night before and into Sunday morning. I wish beat reporters would have did their job and, and dropped that news in pregame warmups. Maybe some of us would have said, uh-oh, maybe he won't play a lot and pull him. How would but that it looks, I, you know, I don't know. They're around the team. Like, I don't know. I was, know, he, I know was he warming up? And they're was he warming up? Was he? Yeah, I know. Of course. You want to kiss everyone's ass. Okay. Well, I don't want um, to, but I, I know them. I know them both. And they're good. They're very good. They're thorough. Okay. Great. So did they say, hey, Bijan's running around like crazy here in pregame warmups, or he's on the sideline throwing up in a paper bag? Like, what's going him. on? Do you want to ask him? Yeah. Uh, well, it's kind of like, uh, yeah, yeah. you know what? I'm gonna, I will. I will, though. Good. I mean, Everybody listen, knows. you have beat reporters at your beckoning call at the Athletic here. What are we doing? Like, you we're not taking advantage. How about being a good friend, Nando, and saying, hey, you know, our Atlanta beat reporter just said Bijan didn't come out of the locker room. It's 1230 and he's throwing up. Like, I don't think that was it. I think he was just, I think everything was, no, look, first of all, I think, I think, I think the story was he had a migraine. Reason. No, it wasn't. To, listen, stop creating false narratives, disciplinary reasons. He came in the game and he ran for three yards in the yeah. fourth quarter. Yeah. Like, Arthur Smith's like an idiot. That sounds like a disciplinary Yeah, oh, go in there, go in there and get a, give us a carry halfway through At the end, quarter. yeah, when it's time to win this game, yeah. It's not like they were 40 to 12. Hey, go listen. win this game for us. I'm sorry I held you out all game because you missed curfew or whatever. No. Yeah. <laughs> It's let's just tell college. Him. And he pulls him over and he goes, Bijan. This is in college. Let's just uh, tell everyone that you got a headache. So uh, we don't have to tell people that, well, you know, you're I'll, being disciplined. Well, I'll create the narrative that uh, he had a migraine headache, which I, I suffer. Before? I haven't had migraine headaches all my life. Okay. They're really bad. And I'll tell you this much. There's no way you're getting hit by defensive linemen with a migraine. So they probably pumped him with migraine medicine at like 11, 12 o'clock, took a couple hours to war off, probably went to the coaches in the fourth quarter and said, listen, my migraine's gone. My headache's gone. If you need me, I'm in. And maybe they said, all right, go in and and get it. But have to assume, and let's be lucky that it's not a multi-week injury type thing. We got screwed in week seven, but here in week eight, we get our, uh, you know, uh, our, we don't know that. RB1 back. We don't That's know that what I'm going to assume. All right, well, let's see the practice report. Well, look, put him up against Deshaun Watson, right? So Deshaun Watson uh, got cleared, supposedly, by all reports, from concussion protocol and could have come back in the game. And Stefanski's like, I'm not going to do that to my franchise quarterback. Right. Like, you know, like I'm not going to risk it. Okay. Arthur Smith was like, all right, this guy's got a headache. I'm not going to play him. Oh, wait, I am going to play him right at the very end. Like, it just seems like uh, – like I said, it's you know maybe the headache wore off after sitting there for three hours. You know? I don't know, man. Something fishy. You got a bad headache. You take some Advil, right? And then two hours later, it's gone. No, a couple what if hours. He, what if he concussed himself and he was calling it a headache and he passed right. protocol? Right. And Smith was like, ah, we we I touched on Bijan. We don't, we will never know until well, we I mean, we'll never know until this Sunday when they play and if he gets his 15, 20 carries and and he's the bell cow, not bell cow because Algier, this idiot Arthur Smith stole. Is putting Algier out there uh, in like a Arthur Smith's a billionaire? Did you know that? What? Yeah, Arthur Smith. His dad owns Federal Express. Did you know that? No. The, so oh. well, so he's not a billionaire. You mean his dad not is his family. a rich billionaire? Yeah. Well, which I don't think you should hold that against him. It's not his fault. His no, 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 no. Yeah. Hey, listen, we spoke about elite tight ends blowing up uh, this week, but it was a nice uh, week to see uh, elite quarterbacks bounce back too. Nando, it was like the uh, you know, it was a nice turnaround from week six when it was such a, a, a shitty week for uh, quarterbacks and tight ends. But it was nice to see a big bounce back. Lamar Jackson, 44 fantasy points in NFFC. Pat Mahomes finally had his huge game, 46 points. Jalen Hurts and Josh Allen went over 30 fantasy points. And so the, the elite top four quarterbacks off the board in fantasy all finally had monster games together, so it, they uh, lived up to their uh, fantasy uh, draft position. This and week. I think if Josh Fields was healthy, he might have had a good game too. You know, is Josh Fields Justin Fields' brother? Just, if or... Justin Fields was healthy, okay, I think he would have had a. I'm, I still got Josh Kendall on my brain. 
Sorry. Josh who? He's our Falcons beat writer. Oh, okay. I'm going to see, you know, I, th- I think it'd be a good story. Like what happened? Yeah. I mean, there should be, there should Not be like, what, like what, what was the, like, why didn't well, the NFL fall through the cracks? The NFL, um, you know, called Arthur Smith and the Falcons organization for more information. They, they, there's like an investigation going on because when you bring in the factors of uh, gambling nowadays and, and everything, you needed to report that. And, yeah. and Arthur Smith said he wasn't feeling good on Saturday night. Right. So then on Sunday, he should have been questionable. There should have been the report, but nothing, you know, nothing, nothing from Schefter, nothing from me and uh, Rappaport. Nothing, nothing. Hey, exactly. you, when you wake up, when you wake up on Sunday, do you go right to like Schefter's Twitter page and then right to Ian Rappaport's Twitter page to get those? I think we're all, updates? I think we're all, um, I think we all wait for the Schefter late Saturday night uh, tidbits. You know, he, he tweets them out real late Saturday night. It's like 4 a.m. No, he doesn't do 4 a.m. He always yeah, does it between like 11 and, and 1 a.m. Uh, I trust me. I, I, I know. 11 Thanks. and 1 a.m. Well, 4 a.m. One of them's 4 a.m. I don't know. But don't know. Um, yeah, those are always nice. And, you know, it's like a look ahead for the following day. Like who's questionable? And this guy's leaning more towards playing. This one's going to be mostly out. And then and then that's that. So drop my pen. I noticed this one was this doing one too much tummy thumping. Anyway, so, so. <laughs> just run around tapping people in the tummy. What games are you looking Man. forward to in week eight, Nando? Don't care. Actually, it's it's late October. You got your pumpkin picking in for Sunday or no? Yeah, I mean, we the... had pump, we've had pumpkins for like a month and a half. Oh my god, you did you did pumpkin picking in September? Everywhere I see a pumpkin, I buy it. That's basically how I roll these days. Nice. If I'm driving down the street and there's like a church with a pumpkin patch in front of it, we yeah. pull over, we grab a couple. Oh, keep going. The, the, the patches are going to be going crazy here in the New York, New Jersey area this weekend because we're getting 80 degree weather uh, Thursday oh. through Saturday or Sunday. And right. so we, we should have a little heat wave. Yeah. Say that. What? We should have ended the show probably about five minutes ago. Oh, for the Giants Jets. Were you going to segue into the Giants Jets with that? No, it's crazy. The Giants Jets, so you know, we get it every four years. That game's gonna be really low scoring. The total is uh thirty six and a half. And uh I already right now it's the third under. lowest. It's the third lowest of the year. Yeah, I mean listen, if that game doesn't scream seventeen thirteen to me, uh I, I don't know what will because both defenses and tell you what, the I'll Giants. Take that. Defense, I think it's gonna be like thirty six thirty three. I think it's gonna go over. like the Browns Colts game this past week that everybody expected. That was another weird one, right? Yeah, I know you didn't. Well, you're, Zach you're so Wilson's, sharp. Zach Wilson's a winner. Tyrod Taylor has transformed this <laughs> offense. Wandale well, Robinson think... has one of the highest catch percentages in the league. Did you know that? Oh, yeah. That's awesome. Now, he, he yeah. actually saw his snap percentage go down to about 60%. Slayton and uh, Jalen Hyatt, who actually is going to be another um, pretty hot waiver wire ad uh, this week for, for those deep leagues where he's available. Uh, Hyatt ran over 70% of snaps. He's looking like uh, he's starting to emerge as the wide receiver two. Actually, there is no wide receiver one, but I'm saying in terms yeah. of snap percentage, Slayton keeps running over 80%. He's just doing wind sprints out there, not doing much. Uh, he didn't pan out last week. I needed him in a couple spots that I was desperate. Uh, he only caught one ball for 22 yards. Saquon Barkley gave us another scare with uh, the shoulder stinger coming off in the first quarter, but he get, comes in and gets the job done. You know how I feel about Saquon. Um, I know. Yeah. Loving him. But he's got a tough matchup this this week versus the Jets. But that game's going to be ugly. The Giants' defense is stepping up the last couple of weeks. They've played two really good games defensively. They're a sneaky they fantasy defense. They gave yeah. some good fantasy points this past week. I, I know because I had to pick them up and, and use them versus Washington in, in a couple spots, and, and they – they they really put on a, a good day. They put on a really good day. It's touching. Yeah, we should go. We've gone over an hour. Oh, we could. That's okay. We could go. No, it's up to you, man. It's your call. No, it's listen. It's your show, Nando. It's yeah. This is total. I I call the shots here. Why'd you why why don't you tell the people why you got all dressed up for the show today? I mean, I'm wondering why you're in a. Fancy sweater and a dress shirt and everything like that. I don't well, know. Chris, it's because when you signed us up for a podcast, there was a video element that came along with it. Mm. And uh, I figured, like, let me put on a nice 
<laughs> put on a nice sweater, sweater and shirt as opposed yeah. to a v-neck that's been stretched all the way down to here uh, this is a this is a hoodie it looks like you tied a bowling ball to the front of all your t-shirts oh <laughs> you're right we should have left we should have left uh, five minutes ago anyway nando enjoy week eight um glad you, yeah good keep laughing anyway <laughs> <laughs> enjoy week eight everybody enjoy the fact that we don't have any bye weeks and uh you can put out your full team this week and uh for halloween for you tie pumpkins <laughs> it's the front pray for your collars I, this might be the last show we do i don't know how much more i could put up with you have a good tight holiday weekend everybody yes <laughs> we we love you all it's how you spelled holiday too <laughs> All right. I'll play the music. I'm sorry. Thanks, everybody, for joining us.